What's up, business gal pals? Welcome back to another week of Be Myself Now in Business, the podcast. I just wanted to remind you before we get started that I've released a great new video series called Three Secrets to Starting a Successful Business. Whether you're thinking about starting a business or you've started a business in the last couple of years and you're looking to take your ability as a decision-making business owner to the next level, you're gonna wanna check this out. I talk about where to spend your money, what to do for sustainable growth and how to guarantee results. You can get access to the three-part video series by going to the show notes or visiting bemyselfnow.com slash three dash business dash secrets. Now let's dive into the episode. Welcome back, business gal pals. This week, I'm talking to Caslia Herwalt about how to make fun and engaging virtual events come to life so that they work well for your audience. Caslia is a certified sommelier and owner of By the Stem Wine Education and Consulting. She provides virtual wine tastings for corporations like Google. And who else, Kesley? You've got like a whole list of people you've worked with. <laughs> yeah, Snapchat, Oracle, Disney, all sorts of corporations. All the Thank good you. ones. <laughs> and she also offers a monthly subscription wine club service. And she has her own wine label called Kesley Wine. And her mission is to make wine fun again by getting rid of the snobby pretension that is so often associated with the wine world. Welcome, Kesley. It's so great to have you with us today. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to talk to you about having fun and engaging virtual events because you're like a master of it. You've really mastered this process. I just went to your Galentine's event this past February and it was just a blast to see so many women in attendance having fun, sharing what they do and what they love and it's a unique thing to be able to bring that energy online when we're not able to all be in the same room. Thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about the origin of By the Stem and how you got started doing these wine tastings. Yeah. So um, I've been kind of like part-time in wine for probably like, oh gosh, six, seven, eight years now. <laughs> I can't even keep track. My background's in healthcare. So I was kind of working in healthcare while doing wine stuff on the side. I started signing up for wine classes and courses and wanting to learn more and working towards my certified sommelier. And then um, I actually got connected with this company that was in-home wine tastings. And so it was kind of like, you know, like a Tupperware party or all those types of events, but it was um, with wine. So I was going around to people's houses, bringing the wine, you know, doing wine tastings and things like that. And then it kind of evolved from there. Yeah, I realized I could make a lot more money doing my own outside of that company. So I did my own and I started doing that. And then literally it was because of the pandemic, of course, that we started doing virtual events. So it kind of has evolved over um, ever since it was literally March 17, 2020 was when I hosted my first Zoom wine tasting and it was a happy hour for St. Patrick's Day and um, everyone loved it and was like, let's do it again next week. And I got featured in Huffington Post for best virtual happy hour to attend and um, basically for 
friends of friends loved it so much. I did kind of a private tasting for them on Zoom and they were like, can you create a flyer that we can share this with the company and start offering these virtual wine tastings? And so um, that was Google and Snapchat. And so I literally got book solid with corporate virtual wine tastings in 2020. And that's kind of where it all began. I love that. I love how willing you were to just say yes and dive in and say, the world is changing. Let's make this work. And then when people are asking you, like, can we spread the word about this? You're like, yeah, sure. Here we go. Put together whatever you need. Let's make it happen. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was definitely, it was a fly by the seat of your pants type of time in life, right? So tell us a little bit about what you've learned about hosting virtual events as this business has grown in the virtual space. Yeah, I mean, I've learned so, so, so much. I think the number one thing is being focused out and like thinking about what your clients really want and what um, is important to them and just making sure that you're providing an event that you know, you would want to attend that's fun and engaging. And we've all been on Zoom for a couple of years now and we know how boring Zoom can be, right? So it's, <laughs> it's creating something that's fun that people want to be a part of and want to attend. Obviously wine helps. <laughs> that's probably the biggest thing I've learned. And then also as far as, you know, my special, I do, you know, families, date nights, friends, all that, but my specialty is more corporations. And I found with my clients that they really need something very simple. And so they don't want to have, you know, they are doing a million things and then planning a team building event is like a very side thing that's on their to-do list. You know what I mean? And so for me, I take care of everything for them so that all they have to do is settle on a date, get the addresses and pay the invoice. And that's all they have to do. Everything else I handle. And so I think keeping it simple for the clients and not making it so complicated. Well, do you want this? Do you want this? They, most of them don't want to make all of those decisions. They want you to do it for them is what I've learned. Yeah. That's a really good point about keeping, you know, keeping it easy to say yes and to just show up and attend. And I think that translates outside of the corporate space as well, whether you're doing women's groups or families or even bringing children together online when it starts to get more complicated, it's easier for people to, I think, feel overwhelmed and be like, yeah, I don't know if this is for me. So that's a really good point. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. So how can we bring the fun and engagement online, no matter what kind of group? How do we bring that spark to our virtual events so that people are truly enjoying themselves? So it's a few different things. I think one is just having the energy and the presence. And it's almost like you have to be over-exaggerated when you're on camera camera versus being in person, right? So you like, you lean forward, you use your hands, you fluctuate your voice, you smile, you, you know, I like to, like, if I notice people are doing certain things during the event, like I call them out, I make sure people feel involved in like that, you know, I see them and making sure that they know that they're being seen, even though they're behind a camera to make it engaging, you know, like, oh, I see you have this one or, oh, look at that wine glass or, oh my gosh, look at that dog or that baby or that piece of art or whatever they have, just making sure people feel engaged the entire time during the event. Um, because you could, if you just sit there and just kind of like, dit, 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 it's going to be very boring for the people, right? <laughs> so you want to make sure it's almost like an over-exaggeration on Zoom that you're, you're getting you know, extra energy to make it really fun for everyone. That's how I keep it engaging. <laughs> I love that. I love that you said making people feel seen, right? Just pulling them in 
to that Zoom room and making them feel like they are in the room with everyone else. They're not just witnessing you on the screen, like a movie or, you know, this kind of removed internet experience, but showing them that, that you see their background or you see what they're doing on camera and just commenting on that. And it creates such a welcoming space, I think, for people to say, oh, like I'm in this room too with all of these people and it's a different kind of interaction. Totally. And another thing too, is I really encourage people, of course, to be on camera, but then unmuting themselves to ask questions. Like if it's a very, very large group, of course, I'm more encouraged to chat just because it can get a little bit, but I think unmuting, like, please, I would like tell them, please interrupt me. If you have questions, there's no dumb questions. Everyone's on a journey when you're learning about wine. So just please interrupt me. And it's fun because the flow, like, of course I have my script that I follow in my step-by-step, but it's different with every group of people. Like some people have tons of questions and they're just like jumping in and asking tons and tons of questions. And then my whole presentation, it goes off on all these tangents because of all their questions and other groups don't ask a single question and they're dead silent. (laughs) And I'm like, it's like trying to get them to ask questions. Right. So I kind of like suggest topics for them to ask, you know, because they can't think of something on their own. I'm like, okay, well, do you guys want to know about this? And then they'll usually like nod or something like that, you know? And so just asking a lot of questions and getting them to be comfortable off unmuting. Those are some tips too, as well for engagement. (laughs) Yeah. How have you handled that when you've had people who maybe don't want to be on camera or are sort of doing like the sidelines experience? Hi. I mean, I usually call them out. I'm like, Hey, because we want to see your beautiful face. If you can be on camera. Um, but a lot of times if you kind of pull the host in to be on your team too, like, Hey, it's, it makes it way more fun if everyone's on camera. So can you prep the team to make sure that they know to be ready on camera? And then also like, you know, I might text them and be like, Hey, can you check in with this person to see if they can get on? And, you know, just, I think if you kind of can pull other people along and I always start my event too, by having everyone go around and introduce themselves. Um, so I always say like, what's your name? Where are you tuning in from? And what's your favorite wine is kind of like an icebreaker. So then I feel like after those people who are off camera, once they've like, they got their chance to speak, they usually just stay on after that. I've found a lot of people. So that, that helps too. (laughs) That's smart. That's super smart. Getting that icebreaker kind of stuff going, especially in that corporate setting. And I think any group setting, it can be a little awkward to like pop online with all these other people and you're just like, oh, okay, we're all here. But yeah, once, <laughs> totally. once you've all had a chance to share a little something that it makes more like cohesion in the room, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So how do you set up that expectation? You mentioned like telling people, go ahead, unmute, interrupt me. You know, it's like setting an expectation for the internet etiquette in your zoom room (laughs) and like how do you go about sort of educating your audience so that they feel like it truly is okay to interrupt you even though mostly they're on zoom like at work and they're not supposed to interrupt people you know what do you think it is that you communicate that allows them to to step into that room and treat it as the room that you've set up instead of just what they're used to Yeah, I think there's a few things being aware of your audience and just I'm constantly scanning the room and watching so you can see people if they kind of like, like jump up like oh they might be wanting to say something then I'm like oh did you have a question or if you see somebody like unmute but they're not really like speaking it like oh I see you unmuted did you have a question, you know and just kind of really making sure you're constantly being aware of everyone in the room and what they're doing. Um, And then, um, and then if you hear something like a little like 
and then you're like, oh, I heard something. Does somebody have a question? Like, and I'm and I'm always stopping to see if people have questions or have comments or or you know, and I'm asking, well, what do you guys think about that? Or um, have any of you ever tried that? Or and you're constantly working on getting them engaged, so it's not just like a lecture. And I know this is something business gal pals have struggled with this idea of like watching all these different video screens in our gallery view and also keeping an eye on the chat and like, you know, all these different pieces of Zoom. How do you manage that? Like, how do you make sure that your attention is kind of everywhere without being so scattered? Yeah, I think like kind of letting go of this idea of it has to be on my script and it has to be a certain way and being really flexible. And so um, for me, I've said, you know, I teach how to sip like a sommelier, the seven S's of tasting wine. I've said it a thousand times that I can literally like I get the words are coming out and I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying at this point. So it's really easy for me to like monitor the chat, monitor the cameras, right? Because I've said it so many times. So of course being well rehearsed and knowing what the information that you're sharing. And if, you know, it's only your first or second time sharing this information, making sure you're really prepared. Um, but also, yeah, I think it's being, you know, sometimes like a, one person will ask a different question that's totally off topic and then someone else will respond. And then like, it's okay if it gets off topic and all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, cats or something and it's a wine tasting, right? And that's okay because the whole point of the event is team bonding. And so if the team bonding is over cats while we're sipping wine, that's okay. You know, it doesn't have to be the team bonding, bonding has to be learning how to taste wine properly properly. You know, as long as the, everyone's having fun and enjoying themselves and bonding, like then I know I provided a successful event because that's ultimately why they hired me is to have a team bonding activity, right? So being flexible, being okay with it, just totally rerouting and going a different direction. You know, as long as people are engaged, of course, if one person like asks something or goes off on a tangent and you can tell people are like kind of losing interest that it's time to like reel it back, but <laughs> just being flexible. Like it doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can totally talk about whatever they want to talk about you know so yeah <laughs> I love that I love that you touched on this idea of like it's almost like an anchor point like why are we having this event why are we all gathering in this room for you it's that team bonding piece and it might be different for any business gal pals different virtual events out there but I think you're right like when we say this is why we're here as long as whatever's happening around that anchor point kind of ties back in. It doesn't have to be this big scripted, perfect, you know, going exactly in order kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what is the most important part of hosting a virtual event? If someone has never done it before and they're just, they want to make sure that it's a good experience for everyone and that they really stick with that anchor point, what do you think is the most important piece that they need to understand or know? I would say making sure your client is happy and feels like they got value out of the event. So um, whether that's like sending a survey, like, you know, what would this be a successful event for you look like, you know, or something like that. And just making sure that whatever, say it's like you're an expert on something and everyone paid money to come learn from you, making sure that you're providing, you know, what you promised and um, that the client just feels satisfied at the end. Um, I think that's probably the number one most important thing. I mean, there's tons of fun things. I love to do Zoom backgrounds. Like you were at my Valentine's Day event. I did like a hearts background, right? Just to kind of set the mood 
mood and make it a little more fun. And whenever I do my wine tastings, I have like a wine cellar background. So there's like fun things you can do to make it a little bit more exciting and engaging. But it ultimately, it just, all that matters is really that the people who came found value in what you were providing. So, so true. That's (laughs) perfect. That is absolutely true. So tell me, what is the best online event that you've ever been to as an attendee? Oh gosh, I've been to quite a few. There's been like a lot of really awesome wine brands that have been putting on some really cool stuff over the last couple of years. Let me think of some of my favorites. Recently, I attended one. It was for Cognac, which is like a um, brandy um, distilled grape uh, spirit, right? And so they provided, it was um, the Lunar New Year and it was um, dumplings paired with the cognac and it was a really cool package that they gave everyone and it was a really cool um event because we had like a cognac expert teaching about it um but i think adding those extra elements like you know i i hosted one for google and um uh, Hulu and it was um, chocolate pairings with the wines and and also cheeses and it kind of like elevated the whole experience right uh, so any little extra thing that you can do to kind of elevate it I even just did a rosé one recently um, this this company sent this rosé and I was like oh it's just gonna be learning about just a rosé you know but it was like so cool because they did like music pairings and they sent they sent like all this stuff to go with it it was you know so it was made it exciting um, so any like kind of of unique thing that you can add that kind of sets you apart definitely helps. Yeah, that's a good point too. Having that tangible item that you mm-hmm. send out beforehand that kind of like brings them into the room as one unified experience. Everyone else in that room has that item. Wherever they're sitting on their computer, in their home, their office, whatever, they they have that tangible thing too to sort of bond over in the in the ultimate virtual experience. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely helps. What can we do to make our online events seem fun ahead of time, to market them in a way that showcases that fun and engagement? If it's something that's brand new that people haven't attended yet, how can we communicate that? I think giveaways helps a lot, right? Like you were at my Valentine's Day event and we had like speaker giveaway, speaker giveaway. And I think um, providing giveaways is really helpful. You know, I'm lucky in my industry because I feel like people automatically get excited about doing a wine tasting, right? Like they know it's going to be fun. But I think just adding something that makes it like super fun, whether it's like, you know, a themed outfit that everyone's going to wear or a themed background or, um, you know, just adding something that makes it fun. Cause ultimately if it's not fun, nobody wants to come. (laughs) That's true. That's true. We've all spent enough time on zoom. We need to know that it's going to be something a little bit, you know, different or a little bit exciting for us to even want to say yes to it in the first place. Totally. Totally. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I know that your energy brings a lot to that too. So what do you think someone can do if they're finding that they fall a little flat energetically when they show up on zoom? What, what's something that we can do to, to bring that engagement level energy where we are leaning in and we're a little bit exaggerated. It's really getting back to your vision and why you're doing it and your passion, right? And if you find yourself like you're hosting these Zooms and you're just not excited about it and you're not passionate about it and you can't get that like energy, then maybe it's not like the right thing for you, right? So you have to go back to your vision and why you're doing it, your purpose, your passion. And when you love it, then it's easy to 
to get excited about it. Like I love teaching people about wine. I love when like they start the tasting and they're like, oh, the only thing I like is really oaky Chardonnays and I hate reds and they have all these opinions about wine, right? And then at the end, they're like, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I actually really love that Pinot Noir. And like, you know, and I'm like, yes, I did it. And so it gets me really excited to do it. So if you're not getting that passion, then maybe it's time to like take a step back, get grounded in your vision and why you're doing it and what what's important to you so that you can present that enthusiasm with whatever you're doing. Mm, so perfectly said. That is so important. I think in all aspects of our business to be able to bring that energy to it straight out of our passionate place. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where can people find out more about by the STEM and the events that you hold if they're interested? Thank you. Um, literally you can Google my first name, Cass Leah. I'm like the only one in the world. Um, and you'll find everything about me, but yeah, my Instagram and blog are by the stem. Like you hold your wine glass by the stem. Um, and everything goes through there through my emails. You know, you can subscribe to my emails or follow me on Instagram and you would find everything I'm doing. Awesome. And you know what, look out for her next Galentine's event next year, you guys, it was so much fun. There were a lot of amazing giveaways. That room was just filled with phenomenal women. It was really exciting to get to know everyone there and to just enjoy that fun, energetic evening. If you have one bit of business advice or a business hack that you'd like to share with the business gal pals, what would it be? I would say either delegate the things that you hate doing, um, the things that kind of draw your passion, like getting my VA was the best thing I ever did because I love hosting virtual events, but I hate the tracking, the packages, making sure they're all arriving on time, the following up on the invoices, all that stuff. Like I hated the tedious job. So I just, I got a VA and gave it to her and it brought back like the joy of what I'm doing. So if you find yourself like doing things that you hate, figure out a way to delegate them or get rid of them if they're not making you money, right? Like, <laughs> because when you're, when you have those energy draining tasks, it really takes away from the other, your energy to plan and create and make, you know, make magic in your business. So delegation, that's my hack. <laughs> I love it. I feel like that could be a bumper sticker. Delegate what you hate. <laughs> yeah, delegate what you hate. It even rhymes. <laughs> it's so perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you on the show and to have your energy present here with us. And I just really appreciate all of the wisdom that you've had to share. Thank you so much. This is so fun.